You're listening to the Winnebus.net Podcast Network. Winnebus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel. That came out wrong. Hold on, take two. Is that are you ready? Right? Not to embrace it? <laughs> like we, we we watched it. We already got Iron Fisted by Marvel. <laughs> Good. <laughs> is that the general consensus here that Iron Fist is far from the best of the Marvel series? It's so not far? that it's bad. It's so much as it's lazy. And I thought it was a little weird that Ollie Queen gave up. The <laughs> and now his hand is glowing for some fucking reason. Like, did I miss a season? No, but Ollie Queen at least has got like some like force of personality. You know, Ollie Queen's like, you failed this city, bitch. And this guy's just like, whoa, come on, dudes, let's not fight. You're what? like, no, okay, die. Maybe yeah. I should defeat the Iron Fist. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should kill the hand. Eh, we'll you see know, what happens. The thing, like we're talking about, like this is the worst of the series. But this should have been at least so bad it's good. This like that's been. the kind of fuck up they should have done. Gone. Well, the thing about this this series is, and we're going to get into it more. But I was th- I've, I've had a lot of time to think about this now, and this should have been the Thor of this universe. Yeah, or Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah the Thor one that, crossed with Doctor Strange. Yeah, the one that shouldn't have worked because it's so fantastical, mm-hmm. but you get Dr. the right Thor. people in. Doctor Thor. Oh, yeah. you know, All stop doing that. <laughs> uh, but this should have been the one that, I mean, it's it's really not fair as a critic to beat up a, a show for not being what you want to, but I feel like it is fair it's when... It's about getting beat up, so I feel it's yeah, yeah, I feel like it's fair because this show... The the for me the cardinal problem with the show is just laziness. Yeah, they just did not want to go not even the extra mile but to the hundred percent. They just said, "What's going to get us good enough to get to the defenders?" That's that's what I felt like it, watching this show. I, I agree. This felt exactly like that. And not only that, I felt this is the first one of the series that was show run by a guy who really didn't give a shit about comic books yeah. or Iron Fist, Scott Buck, who's got a lot of credits on his resume that are really good, but even he apparently had been approached before, and he's like, I'm not going to do a fucking comic book TV show. And you can, but then he was like, oh, well, Daredevil is pretty good. I guess I'll do buddy. it. Yeah. Well, it's like you can tell a director that doesn't respect comic books when if any point during the series or the movie they do the comic book panel thing. <laughs> because that's that for them in their head. That's like, yeah, I'm I'm throwing one out for the comic book. Look fans. at you, Ang Lee. But the, he did it in like one episode. He did the comic book split screen, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. This is where I'm I at. Thought at first, there was supposed to be a weird like '60s or '70s TV show thing, but it never worked. My problem with the show is again, it fails its own premise. Yeah. Like you're yeah. talking about how they're lazy. In my case, it's like, okay, this is a show about martial arts. How do you fuck that up? But that, but that like, goes back to laziness because Finn Jones. He has said, well, I didn't really have that much training, but Jessica yeah. Henwick, who played Colin, Colin Wing, would stay extra 
She would practice as much. They she did more than they, she did more than she was required to. He did l- and like it shows. only as much as he was required to. They're like, oh, he trained like two hours a day, and then what they say, which first off is not enough if you're going in as the lead, no. best martial no. artist guy in the world. It's like, yeah, starting the day they started filming Iron Fist, yeah, not beforehand. Like he's like, yeah, we pretty much rehearsed each scene for like fifteen minutes, and you're like, wow. how do you go into this knowing this is a martial arts show, looking at everything? else that's out there and go yeah it's fine i mean look how they did hercules and xena and all that in the cw shows it'll be fine you're like no netflix shows are supposed to be a higher quality right so that should be the thing you spent the most amount of time the most amount of money on why didn't you get gareth evans and pam whatever he wanted to come here and do that and here's the thing it's bad enough when shows like into the badlands have way better fight choreography oh yeah and not to mention the fact not to mention this with all of the with all the Kunlun stuff, this shouldn't have just been martial arts. This should have been wire food. We should have seen some full on Wuxia shit here. And why did all we see really of Kunlun most of the time is the same fucking ten seconds of an airplane crashing in the snow? Laziness. I want to see like them hanging out with the monks and shit. I want to see him grabbing the fucking dragon. I want to see all this shit. I want to see well, training I, montages. I was able to. I, I respected the idea that the dragon is metaphorical, and what really happened was he got a vision of his own future. And that's what's been fucking him up this entire time. That I'm that I'm willing to go with. But this entire this whole thing, there are so many so many issues I have with this. And the problem is, you can see hints of a good show coming yes. out of this. But there, the problems that hit me the most with this are problems that are kind of endemic to the Netflix Marvel universe. The formula. And I'm I'm I just was, I feel like I'm doing a Kanye right now. But it's like before we get too deep into it. For those who don't know, Iron Fist is about a, a kid who never really grew up. He was 12 or 10. After five years in hell, he... Oh, wait, yeah. shit, wrong show. After 15 <laughs> years in hell, which means, you know, getting beat, getting the shit beat out of him by monks for 15 years, he decides, I'm going to come back and I'm going to try to get my rightful place. And he doesn't really care why, he just wants the place in the Rand Corporation. And he comes back and he, he gets there and he has no idea what he wants to do, just like this show. And, sorry, go back. It's okay, it's... One of those times of the, the there are so many things that are endemic to the Netflix series, those most of which being they never acknowledge any of the rest of the Marvel universe, yes. and that gets really egregious here when you are first of all dealing with a multi-billion-dollar corporation to never bring up, say, Stark. Yes. Now, okay, now like, and even more so though, if you only take this to where you're just dealing with the street-level universe, there's a point where they, the night nurse in here uh, with Rosario Dawson gets told, oh, we're dealing with the hand and she's the hand? Fuck, I know who they are and I know who their personal enemy is. I have his number on speed dial. Yeah. Maybe I should call him. She never no, she it. doesn't even consider it. It makes no sense. Like, I mean, I get there's a certain amount of the movies you go, okay, well, you gotta make a certain amount of concession for it. Like, well, maybe Thor's fighting Frost Giant somewhere. But, like, <laughs> here it's like, no, Daredevil's right there. There's no reason she would Calm, or at least explain in more detail the like, shit she knows. Have about a them. teleconference or something. Say, here's my advice. After <laughs> <laughs> the hand. So, oh, but it's he's Daredevil. <laughs> you like seriously can't pay Charlie Cox to do a Skype appearance? Yeah. <laughs> leading up to the defenders. I'm sorry. Leading up to the defenders, it should really have more of this peppered in. And and with the nightmare, she feels so contrived because she's there. 
And yet she serves no purpose other than to tell the, the rest of the cast, don't do that. You're, you're in over your head. Yeah, I have a feeling they're... also be the best part of the fucking show, let's be honest. I have a feeling they're starting to... T- no they've decided to kind of push her into being not so much the night nurse, but some hero... Yet to be decided. Because the fact the that level. yeah, the fact that she's actually they're like, wow, you're really good at martial arts. She'll be learning so fast. You're like, okay, <laughs> they're going to build her into being some kind of hero on her own, whether which, it's somebody already exists or somebody new. But but I, which I actually think is really cool because I always thought the night nurse was a cool little throwaway character. That if you did do a little something, that'd be cool with her. But man, it's just like this is sort of like the onion of shows. Where the more I pull back, the stinkier it gets. It's like, <laughs> uh, this is there's so many problems. There's another layer of shit. Like, yeah. for instance, the Meachums, the least interesting villains so far in the Marvel universe. If the Meachums feel like that part of the show, sorry, Harris. No, it's okay. Um, that part of the show that in the movies they would have the writing would have been so good they would have head faked that entire three episodes. They'd have been like. Should we just fight them? Nah, that's stupid. And just going on about their day and, and had more time to do the real stuff. But this felt like, it felt like they were plugging for time. Like somebody, it felt like the writer was like, shit, I forgot to write this. It's due tomorrow. What do I do? This is good for three episodes. A drug thing, that's good for another three episodes. Yeah. I'm golden, guys. I'm golden. There's I'm been, golden guy. There's been a lot of excuses being thrown around by the creators, by people involved. with what, what What's wrong with the people who don't like this? Because uh, it's great, so it's clearly something must be wrong with them. Okay, okay. I've heard I, one guy going like, we made this for the fans, excuse you. Like, that is a bullshit excuse. Uh, you going like... never works. Yeah, you going like, wait a minute. So you're saying... The like because shit. they like Iron Fist, they'll lap up any piece of shit you put out there. That's, not the that's, what, you're, that's what you're saying. Uh, but anyway, Finn Jones argued, well, the problem is that we didn't realize when we were making it that Trump was going to get elected. And so now everyone, because what? he's this billionaire character, everyone's like, oh, I don't like have trouble like liking this guy. It's like, first off, he's nothing like Trump. The Meachums are more like the Trump kids, if anything, which why anyone would want to show watch a show about, I have no idea. But there's that level of like the I mean so like all the shows other Netflix shows they're about something there's like a not just a character there's a core idea they're talking about here there's nothing like that except possibly boy corporate ethics is hard no no (laughs) the writing is so bad that they bury it until like the 11th episode that you finally realize what this entire series is, is supposed to be about, and just in terms of identity and your concept of reality and how it always gets upended. Mm-hmm. But it's so bad that it doesn't come out except by accident. And you're like, oh, that's what this is. And then all the character shit starts making sense because in the beginning where it seems like he's really overconfident, he wasn't overconfident. He was trying to convince himself I'm the Iron Fist, but he's, he, he got such bad direction because Finn Jones is a good actor. He may be lazy, <sighs> but like... He got such a bad direction that we didn't get that. We were like, "Whoa, this guy's sort of a so dick." There's so many in moments of where you could see what could have been because they had like Lewis Hand in episode eight. Oh my god, playing so good. fucking the drunken master, and oh. you're watching him have to no sell a fight to Finn Jones when it is obvious that he is kicking his ass. Oh yeah, it's like wait a second. It's it's no. kind of embarrassing that he shows up at that point because you're like, okay, it's like that way late in the series, and you realize somebody had watched the first couple they put together and gone. These martial arts <laughs> fight scenes kind of suck, and they're like, we got to figure out something here. And even though shoots. Finn Jones can't fight his way out of a wet paper bag, as it were, they're like, I guess we'll get somebody who's really good in here to show off. Notice in the second half, there's a lot more Colleen Wing fighting sequences, because she actually can fight. <laughs> is, <laughs> Just, 
it feels like they miss every opportunity they had. They they have the the drunken master. They could totally do so much fun with it. Yeah. And even have him carry the bottle, which is something I don't think I've seen before. Yeah. And yet they do nothing with it. And they have the fucking they pause in the middle of the series to do fucking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it was episode five that was directed by the Riza, where suddenly they're like, Oh, you have to go advance through the levels. Mm. And I'm like, at first there's a little bit of fanboy in me because like if you've read the, the very superior uh Iron Immortal Iron Fist run by Matt Fraction oh, and Brubaker, it's so terrific. When oh. you, once you get into the immortal weapons, they're one nod of the head to the immortal weapons is in episode five where they, it's a shitty nod. Where they literally combine immortal weapons into one character like the that's the mother of spiders and the the what of the, the tiger's the, beautiful the, daughter yeah tiger's yeah. beautiful daughter combined into one but then they and made she's her terrible yeah. yeah they made her into a hot topic reject yeah and, and a cliche whole, stereotype whole, whole episode is so goofy which would have been fine if the whole series was that goofy. Right. And there's so many, like, just little things like that that bother me. Ugh. And the fight scenes, and first of all, I was kind of impressed at first that instead of over-cranking it like you would do in, say, a Shaw Brothers movie, they undercrank the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. So they're going slower than you would expect, which really drives home that most of the people Nobody can't cannot. fight. Yeah. But then there's so many other things that undercut how the fight scenes, like um, the sound effects, they... The sound effects make the the impact sound less meaty. It sounds like a slap fight. And yeah. then <laughs> there's other stuff. Like, I just gotten turned on to a, uh, a YouTube series by a friend of mine called Every Frame of Painting. Oh, I love that one. And they talk about... The, the, you're going to definitely know what I'm about to say. Because yeah. they talk about the... Uh, they do an episode on the Jackie Chan films yep. in China versus the Jackie Chan films in the U.S., mm-hmm. and why the ones in China are so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's because they do what's called cut before impact. And in American movies, and it shows up here, they cut fight scenes right before... They cut the scene, each shot right before the impact of the fist or the kick or whatever, and it robs the fight of any meaningful visceralness. They do this thing, I've noticed a better editor at this that still doesn't work for my money, will do this thing where you're following the, the, the motion of a fist or a kick and you edit right beforehand and you continue that motion some in some other way with the guy flying back or something to give you that feeling like, okay, there's a flow through going straight through. But anybody who's watched a lot of really well filmed fights will go like, I'm. This is just such a cheat. No, but you, we, we, there's so many movies now. I mean, movies coming out in theaters right now exactly what I was about to say. that are showing you how to film a fight scene properly. That there's a lot of people out yeah. there who know how to do it. Don't Stop even look at movies. You can look at the first season of Daredevil. Well, yeah, but no, yo, yo, yeah. it's like you know, in a world where, and they can't even say only movie nerds would know that. In a world where John Wick and John Wick Two have come out and the Raid have come out and people have seen them wide, you no longer have the luxury of having a shitty fight sequence at all if your entire series is about fighting. There was a part where Colleen Wing was talking to Bakudo before we knew what Bakudo was, and she said something that I just rolled my eyes at. It wasn't even worth a laugh. She's like, he's just the best fighter of all time. It's like it's like he's speaking, and I'm like, no, it's not. He's not like Cassandra Kane from Bat- from Batgirl. <laughs> he is not Cassandra Kane. There, there's a lot Girl of Cassandra Kane. She oh, doesn't get enough respect. There's a lot of eye rolling uh, dialogue in this thing, <laughs> and part of the problem is, like I said, once again, 
I feel like this would have been a really fun show if they had just gone all in with corn. Man, with the artifice. If they had just gone, level. yeah, if they had just gone, fuck it, we're going to go all in with the corn ball. Like, yeah, there's going to be have. lots of dudes showing up who've got their own immortal weapon powers or whatever. And we're showing, showed. we're showing like a series of like. Bring me my winches. I mean, this should have been, rather than having to see the fucking airplane crash 40 times, we should have kept being, he should have been like, oh, I have a, a lesson in this episode and it relates back to when he in Kunlun had to fight a test and fight some big so monster went, dude. You wanted him to go full arrow? I wanted him to go full arrow or full uh, full uh, kung fu, you know. Kung fu but, yeah, exactly. But it's like, you know. But I mean, there's no problem with that when the, the quality level mm-hmm. is better and that's what this shit is from in the first place. And there were so. moments of just like, okay, I see what you're trying to do and in the hands of a clever director this might be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that uh, Bokuto is literally shadow Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. He is... It occurred to me as soon as I saw the two of them together, he is literally a color-shifted Danny Rand. It is like watching Sub-Zero and Scorpion together. <laughs> they've got the same haircut, they've got the same beard, it's just that one is literally darker than the other. Which Both character is sort of uh, Bokuto. Um, Colleen Wings is uh, Sensei. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Davos, who should be the, one of the most interesting characters in this it's whole a thing. a piece and, of shit. I, I mean, he in the, the comics is like a, one Iron Fist's greatest adversaries and yeah he's just irritating he's the guy's like but Iron Fist it's really, good how we're and, supposed and to and do I mean it. this like I don't, I don't mean this in a funny way he really seemed like he was upset at daddy because they had they had something going on mm-hmm. and he's over here with this girl like there was I'm not kidding there were no, parts yeah, that I was like dude uh, sir you look like Lana Lang talking to to Clark Kent and Lex Luthor and trying to get on that triangle. Ain't a lot sir. of checks in Gun Lawn, is all I'm saying. You know, you got to take it where it's you a teenage go. boy. <laughs> when he comes back, he should have some time to make up. He should be calling Dr. Nerd Love. He's like, I'm from Gun Lawn and I've been away for 15 years. What do I do, Dr. Nerd Love? Yeah, because, oh God, the Danny Rand has no concept of things like boundaries. <laughs> but then it works out for him, so that's great. Yeah, because yeah, he's an amazing fighter. No, that's, he's not. So, I mean, we're, we've talked a lot about what we would expect if we were in charge of the show. Yeah. Like, here's where. That they did the stuff that didn't lead up to any expectations, right? But there's a, you know, if you take all that away and you just look at this just as it is, yeah. there's still a lot that you're just like, how did that happen? I mean, you were saying Finn Jones is a good actor. I mean, he played a smaller role on Game of Thrones. Uh, what I mean, I don't that, even remember him from. What I remember that but, he is, he is dependent. He's in, he's a war. He is a serviceable actor, and he's dependent on his direction. He's serviceable. He's I'll not a good enough actor to overcome bad direction. Yeah. He but, doesn't have the personality to be a leading man. Yeah, but there's too much bad in this series for me to blame him completely. One of the biggest problems with this series is that through the people who worked, and who worked at it, like, just in terms of being an actor and work, like, and the writing, and you could tell that they wrote more for Colleen, this show, if I was editing it, and I and I had a finished product. I just say, look, we're just going to call this Wing. This ain't Iron Fist. Well, it should have been yeah, Stars of the Dragon or something because they should have saved. They really should have saved Iron Fist for Luke Cage season two, where he comes in the same way, like as like in the second half of it or the first half, the way the Punisher or or yeah. did in Daredevil or Luke Cage did in Jessica yeah, Jones. Either do it the as complete the way or secondary do it character. Half. You know, introduce him that way. Because yeah, this should have been fuck it. Should have been a Daughters of the Dragon series. I would have been does, more interested in seeing it, it that. It introduces things that make the rest of it more difficult, like. There, there are still interesting pick characters in it, like Madame Gao. Although now they're going balls deep into the whole she's an immortal, not just an immortal weapon, but a literal immortal, and they're introducing magic into what has otherwise been an entire series of nothing but 
you know, standard yeah. comic book science. I, I honestly thought she was the best thing about this entire She was. Episode. She's always the best. She's what she's actually I think it's kind of telling that in the show all of the best characters are women. Claire Temple, Madame Gao, Joy not Joy well, Joy Meacham a little bit to a certain extent, but um, Until the Colin end. Wing. <laughs> yeah, till the end when she makes a really odd choice. Colin Wing and uh Jerry Hogarth. Oh yeah! All the people who are worth watching, yeah. all women, all the guys. Jerry Hogarth, once again, really fun to watch here. She's not in it a lot, but when she's in, they give her fun things to do to react. Like, how did I get in this fucking position? <laughs> Why am I dealing with superhero bullshit? Is when she walks up to Danny after he's on the run, and she's like, "I should do, I should do this, but fuck, I'm not gonna do that. That's stupid. And yeah. That's what lawyers do all the time. It's like I should totally do this, but that's stupid as shit." Which brings me Legally back to speaking, I have to do this. Bringing me back to just in general how lame the Meachams are. I mean, by the time you get to the second half of the season and they're still dealing with them, like their their squabbles with each other, I'm like. Who gives a fuck at this point? Squabbles would be an improvement because they have this dialogue back and forth with, I think it's Danny. No, it's not Danny. I think it's Danny. It might be Danny. Well, let's talk about Danny. That's not yeah. Danny. It, and it goes, the dialogue goes on forever, and they ultimately say nothing. Yeah, and then, it, but th- that's the first half. Second half, it's like, how could you treat Danny like that? Well, it wasn't really me who treated Danny like that. Yeah, but you let, right. you let them treat Danny like that. Well, maybe Danny needs help. It's like, oh, for God's sake, Danny is actually in the show. Let's just show Danny instead of the, the Meachams who are boring and shit talking about Danny. What makes it interesting, it, how did you guys watch the show? Did you watch it like, did you binge it, or did you watch it episode by episode? I binged it in two, six... Like, yeah. But Stacy and I, we watched it two six episode yeah, setting. Me too. Okay, because I noticed this when I first started watching. I was watching it with Cat, and we were watching one two episodes at a time, and we were really liking it. It wasn't until I started binging it for to to catch up so I could be for the review that I was like, this "No, shit. this is starting to piss me off." Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that it was written with like in an episodic in, like with an episodic pacing but delivered in a way that encourages mm. binge-watching, and I think that works against No, no, you're completely right. Yeah, because, like, that that corporate is-he-is-he-not works great week-to-week, but if I can just see it the next ten seconds, there's, there's no meaning for that, that. That tension is sort of silly. Yeah. You're like, wait a second, this is not a 13-episode miniseries. Like, this is a, I can watch it right now. So when you have all this fake tension, I'm just like, okay, that doesn't work there were, anymore. There, there were other little things that always bug me in shows, like not knowing how corporate politics actually work. <laughs> yeah. Because there was... And, and it's one thing if it's okay, court, you don't really want to get into the nitty-gritty of how like certain things work because it gets in the way of the story. But once you've established one of your characters as being this badass corporate raider and negotiator, and not only is she really bad at negotiating mm. with people, but also... She doesn't understand that Group they dynamics. can't fire Danny from the board because he has fifty-one percent of the of the shares, and the the shareholders elect the board and can unelect them too. He could just like it would take her all of five seconds to go. Yeah, we'll just have Danny hold an emergency meeting, fire everybody, elect us back in. Bing, bang, boom, problem solved. None of this whole like. Fortunately, I hired this drunk detective, Jessica <laughs> Jones, yeah. who uh, who happened to take all these incriminating photos. And again, that's another thing that's weird about this series. And every single time, they never want to mention any of the other characters by they name. They go out of their way to but, avoid mentioning. But it's like, like Adam Gow, I can understand it when they talk about the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. It's when people who know them don't mention them. Yeah. Well, but it's like they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Like they wanna they wanna go lazy on not doing the Kunlun thing and not really doing the Kung Fu stuff, so, but they want it to be in the city, 
but then they don't want to acknowledge them. It does feel a lot like somebody from Netflix said, you know the budget we've been giving you? You guys need to cut that in half. That's what this felt like. But I don't understand that. Marvel makes shit tons of money. Yeah. At this point, it like a Netflix series, which they don't even release the rating to the public, it's a loss leader. You go and you just produce the best fucking thing you can so that you keep up that rep. And it's still not like on levels of Batman versus Superman, but it's in that ballpark. Still like, on levels of Batman. It's not as bad as Batman versus Superman. No, well, nothing is. Yeah, but I was like, but I tell you, like, <laughs> no, but it sure as hell getting the season three Arrow. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, that's wow. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But even that had better fights than this. And even that, had, like, <laughs> th- that was part of my problem. Is I was joking about this the entire time. I was like, Ollie Queen would have got done a hell of a lot better job about coming back from the dead than Danny Rand. Ollie Queen right would have taken the Iron Fist from him. Yeah. I'm like, give me that. I'd love That's to see mine. Finn do that, like, pull-up thing that Ollie Queen the does. the salmon ladder? <laughs> oh, there's no fucking way Finn Jones is doing that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he said in an interview, it's like, so, it's odd we thought that you were, like, you're not really all that bulky. He's like, well, I didn't want to go for, like, the gym rat thing. I wanted to go for Shit. a more lean muscle. I'm like, bullshit. There was no muscle. Like, <laughs> yeah. Iron Fist is, like, lean tone sort of Bruce but Lee muscle. Not, but there's like, even points when you watch him yeah. flexing his arms, you're like, you don't even have muscles. Yeah, this is a, like, that's like me saying, yeah, I haven't been to the gym in, in three months, but for my wedding, I just didn't want to do that whole in shape thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, that's so cliche. I'm a, I'm a fitness hipster. There's just so much about this is just so goddamn lazy. And once again, I gotta come back to Joy Meacham, who I thought, it's not the actress's fault, Jessica, Jessica Stroke, who does as good a job as she can do under the circumstances. But they keep Making her make weird decisions, like like you're like, oh, she's this type of character. Okay, now she's not. All the way down to the very end, which you know, at this point, we assume you've watched the show if you're listening to this. The fact that after everything she's seen and everything she's been through, there's no reason for her to go. Yeah, let's kill fucking Danny Rand. You're like, he sacrificed himself. What? You know everything that happened. And you're like, all of a sudden, why? Because if you look in the comic books, that's what happens in the comics. But they don't take the time to make sure that's something that makes sense in this show. That's one of those things that is so frustrating because you can see hints of an amazing show in it. If they had done things, and this is now getting into if I had had been running Netflix, (laughs) um, you know, they should have had Danny be homeless for a hell of a lot longer than they did and made his getting the, like, getting the corporation back a much more of an ordeal instead of a three-episode done and done because then it would have been made things a lot more interesting instead of having a guy who's basically at the head of Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one of the few things I liked about it in the beginning anyway, is it, you start out with, you got all the Meachams and they all have different uh, wants and needs and they're all going about it in a different way. But like you said, so Joy's, you know, she's going about trying to get what she wants and then out of nowhere, she betrays that. And even Madame Gallup betrays that too. At the, you know, when she sets up the fight and then she totally lies to him and then later says, I've never lied to you, Danny. I've never lied to you. Mm-hmm. And then um, she's like, what do I care for honor? It's like, right. that was the entire that's, fucking That's exactly movie. what you are. But that was another example of one of the things that pissed me off about most about the show is that Danny is such a spoiled baby in this show. He is the but ultimate spoiler. But you said. <laughs> he does that a lot in this show. That's sort of like, like, oh, but I thought it was going to be like this. Like, you spent 15 years in Kunlun learning martial arts and 
and inner peace, and yet anytime anything even slightly irritates you, you throw a huge tantrum. And loses his power of the Iron Fist <laughs> exactly. for half an episode yeah, and so he like, can come back at the end. Exactly. It's like, that's like not the, the way the Iron Fist works. <laughs> you know, just, it's not erectile dysfunction. You can't <laughs> lose it when, when I, you know, I, I just, it's like getting your balance back. I just don't know how to get it back. I just, it's just what just happens. I need to center my chi, which is kind of a cheat for the writers. Like, we've been so. talking a lot about, you know, what's wrong with this show, and there is a lot. Mm-hmm. But I would like to just say a few of the things I liked, which the, the the best fight in the series for me was Colleen Wing versus Bakutu in the rain, in that area where it was in John Wick where Adrian Padalecki got killed, right in the, <laughs> right in um, Central Park. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing to me. You've and, seen John Wick a few times, haven't you? Oh, I've seen the first one ten times and the second one five times. That's Jesus also. Christ. I'm pretty sure that's also where they like drop everybody off for Thor to that is. Back. To, uh, to Asgard. <laughs> it's just a great suit shooting location. Everybody loves it. That's where Chuck and Blair got married in Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's deep geek cut right there. Geek? I don't know about geek. But I, don't know, yeah. hey. I don't know what that is. Gossip but... Girl was the truth, man. <laughs> I don't know if that's deep cut or seppuku. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um, no, but like, I really liked what they did once you got over the stupidity of her not calling Daredevil with Claire Temple. I like that they're going to turn her into something else. I just think they got to do something oh. with with Danny. With the, you have to do something with with Danny Rand so that when Luke Cage meets him, he's not like, "Who the fuck are you? You're, yeah. you're sort of really fucking lame." Right now, Luke Cage would hate Danny Rand. Would hate him. Yeah, yeah. it would so, just be like, "You are the most privileged white boy." Oh my god! Oh, Daredevil's gonna have the same reaction to him too. It's like, "What is with your whiny ass?" Like you're rich too, and he's untrustable. Am, the one thing yeah. I am looking forward to is when they try to explain all of their powers. Because it's uh, Well, I got hit in the face with nuclear waste, and it gave me the and it gave me this radar sense. He slightly took away my sight. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones, yeah, we ran into the back of a truck, and I'm pretty sure it has something to do with nuclear waste. Um, yeah, um, Luke Cage, yeah, I was a subject to illegal experiments in prison, and you know they probably involved toxic waste somehow. An abalone. Danny Rand, <laughs> I punched a dragon in the heart. It's like okay. But see, his is so absurd that you have to do the way they did in Avengers. Be like, you know, we have a, ge- a genius, a billionaire, uh, you know, the uh, American hero who lives up to the name, and a Hulk. It's so outrageous. You have to yeah. just go in. That's it. the problem. Is they didn't. They didn't embrace that. They didn't embrace the goofiness. They never. They fr- They stayed away from it. They're like, ah, eh, we don't even want to really acknowledge that that's what's going on. Here. They were Democrats about it. Yes, <laughs> yes I suppose they were. Yeah, I say that. I say that as a Democrat. Yeah, I, know. I hate that you're right, <laughs> but but nonetheless, that is true. You were talking about things we liked. I do like Jessica Henwick overall as Colleen Wing. She clearly had more commitment to this role than anybody else in this series, except for possibly Rosario Dawson. And I will say as well, David Wenham as Harold Meacham, despite he was. Character Character that goes nowhere. I mean, he is a prop of a character to, uh, to get other characters where they need Harry to be. He has some bad years. Yeah, just like, he's just he, chewing on the wallpaper like, ah. But he's doing <laughs> his best to be entertaining on the screen. He's trying so hard to out-act his haircut. Uh, uh, Tom Pelfrey <laughs> as Ward Meacham. I don't know. Does he has he ever acted well in anything else? Because you couldn't tell by watching this, he has decided that he is playing a very specific type of character, and he is bad at. The only time he looked liked the fact that he was being playing a character who has been thrust into controlling something that he can't actually control. So he's kind of like you know Don Don Trump Jr. Um, Let's just say Don Trump. Too. No, Don Draper is competent. Yeah. Um, so I, I can appreciate that the, the way he was portraying that character. So that much I liked. 
And I, again, I love Claire Temple as the sole voice of reason in this, being the one character to go, you're all fucking idiots. Except being the person who doesn't just call fucking Daredevil on the phone. And, and Jessica go, Jones. And Jessica Jones. And be like, and Luke, Cage. I need you to get a weekend pass. Somebody. <laughs> it's like all three of them were previously engaged. Also, I'm willing to bet you that this is going to happen. As t- I figured this out after she grabbed those claws and said, these are mine now. She's going to be White Tiger. Yeah, that's that what makes I was so much sense. Too. Yes, yeah, I think because they're kind of setting up now. We actually just did a commentary with Cargill for Doctor Strange, and like they're basically setting up the character on there as the Night Nurse, like saying, "Okay, in the movie universe, uh, what's her name? Who? Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. I mean, she's named the character. The time's named after one actress. of the two Night Night Nurses, whereas Rosario Dawson is not. So it's like, okay." They're saying now, they're putting their foot down going, that's the night nurse. That makes sense thematically. I I think they're going to go, like I said earlier, and push her, Rosario Dawson, to, okay, she's another. No, you're right, because there was a a line, and it was, they'd never done a line like this before, and Luke Cage, all the other ones, where she goes, yeah, I talked to my mom, and there seems like there'd be a reason I can't get away from these people. Mm -hmm. And they're probably going to be like, oh, and I found this necklace that my, 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 uh, my grandfather had, and... And put it on and have power. They're going to do some kind of hand wavy thing. But man, if you gave me a series just starring Rosario Dawson, like actually, can I tell y'all a story? Oh boy, this is <laughs> it, invo- it involves Rosario Dawson. Ooh. I and this is it's it's one of the only reasons I was, it, this like I've had a bunch of friends in my life. I've been blessed to have a bunch of friends, but we've I, been blessed to have you as our well, friend. thank Aww. you. And I'm sorry I talk so much. Uh, but what am I in the, your advantage? Yeah, the only friend I've ever had that I had to basically break up with Rosario Dawson, not Rosario Dawson. Uh. You never break up with Rosario Dawson. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> uh, I remember we were working in a movie theater, and he we were counting down the tills one day, and he goes, Elliot, just out of nowhere, he goes, Elliot, I just could never get with Rosario Dawson, and I'm like, why? He's like, oh, she has too much black in her. What? I'm like, Whoa. we can't be friends anymore, sir. Based on, like, wait a minute, she's too much black on her? Because, like, I don't even understand that statement. So, then he just, like, he, like that like, definition to anyone more black than Rosario Dawson is automatically yeah. not on your list of people that are worth And following. he's like, well, why are you getting so upset? I'm like, you don't, you don't understand? So, whenever I, whenever I see Rosario Dawson, I'm always, like, kicked back to that story. And I'm like, let me get this straight. This is how racist you are. You see, because this is right when Clerks 2 came out. Yeah. You seen the Clerks 2 scene with Rosario dancing, dancing on screen, and you were like, nope, too much black. Mm-mm. That's your level. Because even Strom Thurmond had a side piece. Like, <laughs> that's your level. Which does make me, look, I do have a, a question that relates to that for you, Elliot. What's a Nubian? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't bring heard it back. that joke since 1990. Yeah. <laughs> bringing it way back there. Yeah. Now, Rosario Dawson is a fucking treasure. She's one of the few things that's actually worth watching in Rent. Oh, my God. Uh, don't remind me of that shit. Um, yeah, some of the, like like we said, the guy, uh, uh, what's his Louis name? Tan. Louis Tan is really good in this. Carrie Ann Moss is, once again, as good as Jerry Hogarth. I think there are moments in this show that are okay. And overall, my making, to all the shit I'm talking is because, yeah, we expect better. We expect yes. a lot better this is not than DC. this lazy television. Like, literally, this felt... This like this, Agents of this, this feels like Ex- no Agents of Shield. It's is gotten a good, lot better it's, than this. It's is. not first season's Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> even the first season of Agents of Shield is a yeah, little bit better than now? this. Agents of Shield. I, 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 no, I'm with it. The I last two seasons I, have been excellent. Yeah, Agents you wouldn't. I wouldn't have believed myself. Martin and I both said Oof. last year, 2016, the best superhero television show was Agents of Shield because before that was Flash. Yeah, yeah. and then but then like. Then you got Legends of Tomorrow, which got really goofy. 
Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, they've, they've gone full blown this season. Like we're we're just indulging in it. We're like where George Lucas has appeared in it as a character. This past episode, J.R. Tolkien appeared well, as a character. Randy Lambert like, put it the okay. best. He's like, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is the best show from 1996 I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's, the, it's that show that came on WB or UPN at like 5:30 on a Saturday, it's, right after Jack of All Trades. Yes, Frisco <laughs> County Junior. It's much better. It's a much better American Doctor Who than the actual American Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stetson's a cool guy. What but, about Eric Roberts? But, you know, you just... you, you <laughs> That's not a mark of quality. <laughs> to bring it back, though, you actually said something really interesting. You say we like all these actors. It seems to me that there's only two bad actors in this entire production, but they're such the, the leads that it ruined... That, the, along with their acting and the writing, it ruins it. So it's Danny Rand and Ward. Mm-hmm. The rest of them do as much as they can to prop this shit show up. The like, only time Ward looked like he was putting any emotions out there is when he's reading the script. He goes, "Oh, now I suddenly have a pill addiction. Let's throw that in out of nowhere." Yeah, that, it comes in like didn't... episode five, and then, and then, then he skips it because he's suddenly pill addict, and then heroin, and then going through withdrawals. Yeah, I don't think heroin works that way. It's they, like they did. You're er- just a heroin addict for the rest of your life. <laughs> they did earlier on in there him like taking pills when he was stressed. The same way that when shows have a character cough. You're like, they're going to die of illness. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. So he took a Valium, and therefore he's a massive addict. Well, when you've got all of your pills in a fancy silver fucking pillbox, you're not taking this casually. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, or you've got somebody, tons of style. Yeah, as someone who takes a, an antidepressant in the morning, he's like, you don't carry that shit around with you. Because you're like, I got this. I got to take this one pill this day. He's like carrying around like they're fucking Tic Tacs. I mean, I guess like, you do mm-hmm. if your, your father is undead and a prick. <laughs> that's like, he's over here that's another point his father is dead and is faking his death yet he's over here calling around the doctors being like I need some more pain pills you could probably in terms of uh, like well, who does, uh, like like Will Smith said in Suicide Squad you could probably white, white people that shit like you could just you could just get in for some more pills yeah, he's a fucking billionaire <laughs> yeah how hard did the idea that he would have trouble getting yeah, pain pills like, I find a yeah, little yeah, bit of hard time medical accepting. corporation. Right, they, they, <laughs> they create a cure for whatever. Yeah, you go to some ethical doctors, and you're in charge of the fucking That's company. the thing, there's so much stuff like that that's so <laughs> silly. You're like, did you guys seriously not even think of that before you wrote this episode? It's just a lot of that. It's just the key to describing this season is lazy, and I think we all agree on that. It's lazy Here's on so many it levels. Is. It is so bad. The only Stan Lee cameo they had was a poster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, lazy, but also, and this is something I, I, I was debating whether I was going to talk about a little bit, but before we end, it's so lazy and it's done so poorly that they undercut their argument, and it, and it deviates so much from the comic books. They undercut the argument why it couldn't have been an Asian actor. Because the guy, the drunken master, was was apparently leading in casting until Finn Jones took it. Imagine this series, same plot, but with the guy who was the drunken master. It'd have been a lot better to me because it, even if we don't like the story, the action would have at least been better. Fights would have been awesome. I think you also would have had more stuff to talk about in terms of not being about anything if he had been an Asian American actor yeah. and talking about how even in Kunlun he was kind of rejected by people in that part of the world. Yeah, talk well, about you're inter- just an American. Yeah, talk about interracial differences and like you know even if are you know the different the different. You got Koreans, you got Japanese, you got Chinese. Just talk about that. I mean, I I don't think that's a quality that ruined the show or anything. No, but it's like they can't say... But they got nothing interesting. Exactly. Like, they can't say it was essential for this incarnation of Iron Fist for him to be a white guy with blonde hair. You could have, like, I've been, like, putting this together in my head. It's like, you could have had that guy who was the drunken master 
Die him blonde. I mean, I get and have him come back and be like, yeah, I'm just. Marvel's and have be still really a little scared to move away from like these characters have always been this in the comic books, and now we're going to make them this. I mean, I get that to some extent. It's like there's a long history of how branding works, and you go, yeah. that's that. I think this would have been a great example to go. Well, there, is there any good reason we couldn't switch yeah, him up to like an Asian Luke American? But I'm not. Yeah, it's but, yeah. but I don't think it's in inher- It's whitewashing by definition. No, it's not whitewashing. The only people saying that are people who've never actually read Iron Fist. Well, it's too. like I mean. Anybody who's saying that it's whitewashing when it's it's categorically not, it's related to the origin of the character. You have a problem with the origins of the character, mm-hmm. not the current incarnation. Yeah, it's not it's whitewashing, like, it's white savior. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like uh, Anita Sarkeesian said, said about the new Breath of the Wild Zelda that, oh, it relies on the, the stale save the princess trope. You haven't played the game if you think that. Because Breath of the Wild, she's been fighting Ganon for a hundred fucking years by herself. So it's like, that's the level of criticism if you're saying that this is whitewashing. It's just not. Now, on the other hand, if you're not going to stick to the comic and you're going to do this shitty of a job, you then lose your argument that we tried to stay close to the character as to why you couldn't. I don't even think it's White Savior because Danny's just trying to save himself. He spends so much time navel-gazing in this fucking thing. And Colleen Wing ultimately probably didn't actually need him. She had no Rosario Dawson. If it got too bad, she would have called Daredevil. Her and Rosario Dawson should have gotten together. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, well, that's just my fan. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything inherently offensive. I just think this show is so uninteresting. It would have been a very interesting... This would have been the time for Marvel to step up and go, fine, let's do that, actually. We'll see, you know, some people are going to have a fit, but only assholes. And especially, <laughs> especially coming off everything that... And I'm not trying to... It's just especially that everything that came off of Doctor Strange. This would have been a very easy. This could have been a way here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like seriously, anybody who's going to scream and yell because he's white in the comics and Asian American here is somebody who you probably should immediately take off your friends list. Yeah, yeah. Even <laughs> even like the hardcore Tumblr people would have been like, okay, <laughs> I guess Marvel learned. Do you call, if, you, uh, if they're hardcore Tumblr, do you call them gymnasts? Like, is that what we call them? I don't, I, Get out! <laughs> I don't necessarily... Simone Bilesies. I'm very confused how I feel about Doctor Strange, but in the end, I don't feel like it, that was whitewashing either. No, I, don't I thought think that it was, was a very interesting choice mm-hmm. in an you know, effort to try and fix a complicated situation. Like, of like, if you cast an Asian, it's a generic, cliched character like for an Asian to play. If you don't, it's whitewashing. It was a no-win situation. No, but, if you, but, but what I'm saying is, say you, you, could, have, you could have silenced that mm-hmm. because what you would have had is... We did it this time, then the other side would have been pissed at you, and then as Marvel, you can say, look, we have been trying, and then you have that better argument, because these, all these shows are like a 19-episode um, a miniseries, because you got 14 movies, and you got four, you got five series. So it's like, it, they all work together, so you could say, look, we are producing one big universe, and we are trying. Like, Peter Parker, we have put him at a real Brooklyn high school. Yeah. Like... It yeah. looks like what Brooklyn would look like. Ninety percent of the cast is is people of color. Yeah, no, you know, like even Mary Jane. You know, like, like yeah, no, like here's the thing. I would think is let's say we we go back, we recast Louis Tan as Iron Fist, and we make it as a you know as an American in in Kunlun. Iron Fist two, and they bring in Shang Chi. Yes, now you have someone who is from the mainland who has been living this his entire life. And that's such an interesting thing. And you've got an American, never mind the fact that he's Asian, whether or not he's Chinese descent, Korean descent, mix, whatever, who's shown up out of nowhere and kind of claimed what, to a certain extent, a cultural birthright from someone who grew up with it. Now you've got some interesting conflict. And, And like, it it would would actually get you to that that point in the comic books where Iron Fist 
he just seeds that he's not as good as Shang-Chi in, in terms of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, look, I'm good. I'm very good. But Shang-Chi is the master. I just noticed, is that the tattoo of the Thunderer on your arm from, from Iron Fist? No. Is it, it looks a lot like the, the, the Thunderer's mark. No, it's the 63rd, Ichi, 63rd uh, hexagram from the I Ching. That also happens to be the mark of the uh, Ashikaga Ninja Clan. <laughs> Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. Oh, Jesus. That's <laughs> was, dorky as opposed to the Thunderer from Iron Fist. <laughs> he was trying really hard to, like... Not just say Joe. <laughs> <laughs> there's what I tell people, and then there's what I tell nerds. But you have enough <laughs> tattoos that statistically the chances are you've got the tattoo for something I recognize. Like, I'm surprised you don't have a, and I mean this seriously, I'm surprised you don't have a Ghibli tattoo by now. Like, I thought you would have one by now. You haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> Someplace <laughs> private. <laughs> he has a, he has, uh... Haku, Haku the dragon. <laughs> it's like whatever he unzips. It's like that's the song from Spirit Away starts playing. He's, he's made so, the greatest so. strategy for a married guy. He's just made his whole chest and stomach Totoro. So the fatter he gets, the more realistic it is. It is an easy costume for a fat guy. Like you, just, you just put on a Totoro. I've done this. You just put on a Totoro shirt and a, and a hat, and you're just like stomach. Extend out as much as you can. Your stomach is like, dude, you usually suck in. What's going on? <laughs> Another option is you just grab a, you grab a little pig nose and some sunglasses, and now you're Porco Rosso. Hey, it's, right. it's, it's, it's appropriate now. It's like, I'd rather be a pig than a fascist. <laughs> All right. We've gotten a little bit off topic. A little bit. Let's go to final thoughts. TJ, let's start with you. You know, I, I hate to reiterate it, but the only thing I really did like was I did kind of like the back and forth of everyone having their own wants. And... It worked sometimes, but and it, the only thing it made me fall from grace was that it never went anywhere. So they all want something, and they're all killing people, each other, to get it. And then, ultimately, it just becomes a nothing the next episode. Mm. Either it doesn't pay off at all, or they completely betray what they wanted. Um, and speak, going back... Sorry. Going back to what <laughs> so Harris said... How did that even happen? <laughs> going just back, leave it be. Leave it be. <laughs> going back to what Harris said about uh, every frame of painting, the fights just don't feel good because he never earns it. He, They're always so mismatched in the fighting, in the styles, in terms of punching, in terms of what their power source is. You know, he, he has the Iron Fist, and then he doesn't, and then he can take a hit, but then he can't, and it, it, it doesn't feel like he ever earns the win, and most of the time he's getting his ass kicked until he does the glowing Iron Fist, and then he does one punch. Oh, and that, that final time he does the Iron Fist at the end when he basically blows up the building. It, yeah. It, 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 it was laughable. It, should, it, it could was have been, laughable. It, they could have been gone with you, steer into the corniness, but they didn't. They played it off like, man, that was his finishing move, and everyone's beat to shit, even though Harold, who broke his hand on kneeling on glass but not moving, is bleeding to death. And then in that <laughs> scene, when there's flying glass, he's barely got a cut. I don't get it. But ultimately, it was just draining in that it never went anywhere. And it was boring, you know. So if I had to give it a rating, I would say four and a half ninja stars that would be made out of aluminum foil that don't seem to work. More like pixels. Yeah. (laughs) Did anyone else else first think that they brought in Bullseye for that? Yeah. Mm. For a second. Yeah. yeah, for a hot second, yeah. it's going to be really exciting. <laughs> uh, what about you, Alec? Um, you know, I've been going back and forth, but I, I'm going to give this a bit of a higher rating than than y'all probably expect. There's a lot of... Pro- I'm like just Shocking. getting ready for it. <laughs> like, shit, shit, shit. I give it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, this is... The writing is, is not good. The direction is not good. The production is not good. Because 
I feel like the ultimate thing that made this series not as good as it could have been is Marvel decided it wasn't necessary. And that, to me, is really worrying because that's not what Marvel's done up till now. Marvel has said, whatever it takes, we want this to be good. And if they, if this is now just, unless they learn from this and, and just steer back away from that, I'm really worried that we're going to have a situation where they're resting on their laurels and thinking, well, we got the movies, and that's going to creep into the movies. Yeah, you because got Kevin Feige overseeing the movies and Jeff Loeb overseeing the television. I didn't universe. know that that explains everything. Yeah. Like, Jeff Loeb, I love you. I, I feel bad that your son died, but dude, you got to do better. Yeah. Like, and that's, I'm sorry that's harsh, if but... If he hadn't learned by now, he ain't gonna. But, I mean, uh, but to go back, but like, if you had given this the proper budget, I mean, this thing deserved three times the budget it got, and really got a director that liked the material, believed in, you know, we're, you know, we have a hard problem. We have to do fantasy with wire work, and we got to do this, this concept that's hard to do, but really committed to it and attacked the problem. The entire series, I felt like I was watching people who were cowards, they didn't want to at least try. Like, it's the reason why something like, um, something like Batman vs. Superman, mm-hmm. at the very least, you can tell they struck out swinging. That's true. They were swinging It wasn't for, the for lack fences. of trying. It was just, on some high level, there was nobody going, that's a stupid idea. I agree, but it's like, <laughs> at the very least, you could tell it was like Casey at bat. It's just, yeah. I'm trying. This one, it was like, we're just going to bunt. Yeah. This is just going to be a straight bunt, and you have people on the edges, the actors, the two actors that weren't Ward or D- Danny Danny Rand, trying their hardest to bring it up, and that's the reason I'm going to give this six badass sword fights out of ten, because I did enjoy those other characters so much, and because I respect people who know they're in a bad situation, but try to save something. I can I can respect that so much because I've been in that situation, not in terms of acting, but just working and you know going to school and stuff. Because it's it's very easy when you're in a bad situation to pull out and say fuck it, it's not my fault. But you got people who are like, well, shit, I'm in this. Jessica Henwick, I'm going to work as hard as I know how to work. Uh, Rosario Dawson, I'm going to bring it as much as I can. Like these people who are working. So because I enjoyed theirs, I got to give this six badass sword fights out of ten. For me, this was just so many missed opportunities and just watching a mishmash of other shit. I mean, this was the plot set up from Arrow, the uh, fight, like, the corporate scenes from The Good Fight, and just none of it worked. And there's so much more. This should have been martial arts from Into the Badlands. This should have been some serious Yuen Wu Ping shit. Michelle Yeoh should have showed up at some point. Yeah. Imagine if Michelle Yeoh showed up as the Crane Mother. That would have been amazing. I got a little heart just now. There's yeah. a lot of people talking in the background about how uh, Chow Yun-Fat w- sh- is the go-to guy to appear as Orson Rand in season two. Oh, you know, oh the- Jesus, that would make me forgive everything. <laughs> but, so, the, my part of my problem is seeing everything that this could have been and how amazing it would have been and the little hints of good that came that were in this. And that's why I can't completely hate it. And if, you, if you're if you going to watch it, which uh, by the time you're listening to this, probably too late, uh, you want to watch it episodically, maybe mm-hmm. two at a time. Do not binge it because it is written the wrong way for that. One of the things I actually liked about this was it didn't suffer from the, mid, uh, the mid-series mm-hmm. slump that every other uh, Marvel Netflix has, which was kind of a miracle, all things considered. 
But so much of the other shit just didn't work. The fight scenes should did not work. The acting did not work. Even with, as you said, Elliot, all these people just trying their hardest to hold this up. The only good part of this was alternately watching Madame Gao do her thing because <laughs> she is just fucking awesome. And my sitting there one thinking, with all of the fucking secret societies running around in the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, they have a I was dying for a moment where the hand runs into Hydra and they start fighting <laughs> over who's actually in control. Yeah, think of the they both run the into world. the thing at the same time with guns. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, even even better, they could just be like they just show like a, a a conference in like Boise, Idaho, in a hotel lobby. It's just like their annual secret society meeting, and they're just, just meeting like, Baron, "Oh, yeah, I do this." I'm just imagining Baron von Strucker and Madame Gao just having a like a snark off at one, one another. But so for like all of that, talks to I just I can't completely hate on this as much as it might deserve it. So I am going to have to give it. Five martial arts martial artists who totally handed Danny Rand his ass and would have, if it wasn't for the script, out of ten. We can name, we can name them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to just say, to be very clear, the criticism that we made this for the fans, not the critics... I am a critic. I've been a critic for a long time, but I've been a fan a lot longer. I was reading Iron Fist and like and Power Man when I was a kid and loving it. A huge fan of these characters that's never gone away. Relatively recently, fell madly in love with the Immortal Iron Fist run, which is still so great. I just reread it like literally the other day. Bring me my witches and waiting. I actually stopped the show halfway through just because I wanted to like read some good Iron Fist. You know, I am a fanboy, and this is the opposite opposite of being for the fans. I mean, it really is the opposite of being for the fans. It's for people who just don't really have a high bar for what entertainment quality has to be. You know? Like, like eh, I'll watch whatever. People who are like, still watching Arrow and think it's good. I still watch Arrow, but I know it's not good. If, if you're still <laughs> watching Arrow and you really are honest, you're watching it to complete it. And pretty much you're at like, this point, I'm watching it in case something pertinent happens in it that relates to The Flash. I'm waiting for the <laughs> moment where they finally make the flashbacks the first season of Arrow. Right. Yes! Uh, 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 <laughs> they just start, they're so lazy, they just replay the first season in snips. But, but uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm watching this as a fan. I'm saying this is even worse for a fan than it is for a critic. I mean, considerably. I hate this worse as a fan mm -hmm. than I do as a critic. Because as a just a straight critic, but I was totally unfamiliar, I'd go, here's another just okay superhero TV show. This is really no worse than most of the stuff they're doing on the CW. It's like, eh, it's all right. There's just nothing really special. There's nothing that elevates this material at all. And when you go to talking about being a fan, once again, also being a fan of those Netflix shows before this, how high they set the bar to go so far down that this thing makes network television look edgy by comparison and it's Netflix, it's just kind of embarrassing. I'm sorry, you, you're dying to say something. No, I just have an analogy that could, that, could, that could reinforce what you're saying. Go ahead. It's like saying, it's like producing shitty nachos and being like, this Somebody's is for the hungry. fans of nachos. And the people who don't really know nachos, like, yeah, Chili's nachos are great. But the people who love nachos being like, well, this wasn't for you. They know what's good because they love it. Yeah. The fans love it. Exactly. You're insulting the fans and the regular people at the same time. Agreed. And you're insulting everybody's intelligence. And I think, once again, proving the maxim... We've seen so many times before, 
don't get showrunners or directors for, for movies that aren't passionate about the material. Don't do it. Even the new fucking Power Rangers movie I'm hearing is pretty good because so the guy who directed it is a giant Power Rangers geek. He loves it. I know my friend did it. <laughs> All right. No. <laughs> David Israelite like, like, talked extensively like, oh my god, I love the Power Rangers so much. Yeah, so of course he made a least passably good Power Rangers movie. This is by someone who seems to have no interest in this character. In fact, I would be surprised to find out that Scott Buck even read the Ed, if he no. read the Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction run of this character, because I can't see any evidence in here that he did. You make a great point, because people who love the characters, like the, the guy who directed Power Rangers, you can wade through all the shit as a fan and get that the thing you like about it. Mm-hmm. And what he did is he like he obviously liked the relationships the most in Power Rangers. And he really brought that out in Power Rangers, and he didn't have that in Iron I'm just looking forward, at this point, I'm just looking forward to the honest trailer where they refer to him as One Punch Man. <laughs> he does not deserve One Punch Man, thank you. He is not Saitama. But, yeah, I... I, I got a little bit too... In the end, I give this three out of ten times that the Iron Fist actually just looks kind of gross. Yeah, he looks dirty. <laughs> it looks weird, like you're, like, looking inside his hand. You're like, ooh, stop that shit. <laughs> He's like the guy in, that starts college and, like, doesn't want to take a shot. No, but I mean the Iron Fist itself. When it's oh, glowing, oh, it kind of oh. looks like you're seeing his inner tendons and shit. You're like, I don't want to see that. What is that? Yeah. Ooh. It's like when you hold your hand up to a flashlight, you see all your veins. Yeah, exactly. That, that should should be healthier, but they're not. I think you just nailed how they came up with the look of the Iron Fist. <laughs> Scott, Scott Buck was sitting around getting high with one of his friends. Like, Whoa, dude, check it out. It's the Iron so Fist. Veiny. That was a thing unto iron. 